Here we go. It's Rumination Thursday on Law and Gospel on this January the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my good friend, the Reverend Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing good. Is it snowing up your way yet? We had a light dusting this morning. It's slightly covering the ground. Yeah, we're going to be traveling up there to a couple of congregations, so just checking with you. Well, it sounds like... It's snow of the year. Oh, good. Sounds like we've got another good topic here. Mm. Uh, There's a group, and I was unaware of them, called Research for the Open Doors 2022 World Watch List. It's an investigative research and report on Christian persecution today. And they indicate that more than 360 million people face high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith. And that's an increase of 15 million believers in only one year. In other words, of all the Christians, one in seven of them are under great persecution. And they go through, what, 10 countries, and this is the number one country for the first time in 20 years. And what is that country? Uh, That is Afghanistan. Now, we're going through the top 10. There's 50 or more countries where this is going on. Actually, persecution probably is worldwide. But we're looking at the, where the, where it is uh, an increase, and they made their top ten list. This Afghanistan, the first one in uh, twenty years to to hit the top ten. Uh, now, it's an Islam. Yes. Go ahead. It's an Islamic state by constitution. You know, the Taliban took it over, and. According to their constitution, uh, they don't permit any other faith other than Islam to exist. So they per- do not permit any faith other than Islam to exist, and therefore it is illegal to convert to Christianity. In fact, it's equal to treason and seen as a betrayal of family, tribe, and country. And, of course, that's the area where a certain president of the United States took out the troops because I'm not sure why he did that, but, boy, has it led to the killing of Christians. Yeah. Uh, We we don't think about the aftermath of these things that that happen. Christian soldiers going in there or Christian entities spend time converting people to the faith or what faith was there already and then the Taliban takes over. I mean, one of the things we have to keep in, in mind is the Quran, speak, Quran is the holy book of the Muslims, the Islam faith. The Quran talks about death to all in infidels and infidels to them are unbelievers that, that are not uh, believers in Allah or the Islamic faith. Now, if that is part of the Quran, 
how come people are defending Muslims in the United States? Don't they believe that also? Yeah, there, there's a group of Muslims that, quote, call themselves the, the moderates. That's, a, that's, that's another part of the book. The other part of the Quran talks about love, but uh, still it, it's in there that it's death to all infidels. And Christians are considered infidels. Uh, if you talk to an iman and, and uh, question them on it, I, I read an article once recently, and they had to admit that uh, uh, if you weren't a Muslim, you were an infidel, and an infidel is worthy of death. Yes. In fact, since leaving Islam is considered a sign of insanity, a Christian who has converted from Islam may be forcibly admitted to a psychiatric hospital in Afghanistan. And Christian persecution remains extreme in all spheres of public and private life because the Taliban controls every aspect of government. This extends to owning documentation, including paperwork, uh, that will help them to identify who are Christians. But through it all, the faith of Afghan believers continues to deepen as they put their hopes solely in Christ. Uh, one Christian said, we will never let that hope be silenced. So we need to remember those in Afghanistan without the protection of United States soldiers now are being put to death and it's because a form of the islamic faith that fortunately is not found in the united states is rampant in afghanistan well as we're going to see as we go through the list it isn't only in, in afghanistan that there's many other countries that uh that um, because of the Islamic faith are persecuting the Christians. What's the second country? Second country was uh, North Korea. And uh, it used to be number one over the last 20 years until Afghanistan took over. Uh, they're caught, uh, any North Korean caught following Jesus is an immediate, is, uh, immediate risk of imprisonment, brutal torture, or death. And there's an estimated 50 to 70,000 Christians that are in prison in North Korea for nothing more than being a Christian. Yes. And a lot of times the family who may not be Christian shares the same fate as the person who is captured. The government views Christians as the most dangerous political class of people. So the persecution is violent and intense. In fact, North Korean parents often hide their faith from their children. Churches of more than a few people are non-existent, and most worship is done as secretly as possible. Life for a Christian in North Korea is a constant cauldron of pressure, capture, or death. 
and it can be only a mistake away. So North Korea is really near the top of the list and was just taken over this year by Afghanistan. Right. You know, as, as, as you mentioned, all of that, that the news is private, kind of reminds you of some of the early Christians that they, they were forced underground to share the faith with one another during yes. Roman times. Yes. You know, as I'm reading all this, this is very similar to what was happening in Nazi Germany, where the Allies, for a long time, didn't really deal with the persecution of Jews and the killing of many people that Hitler felt were subhuman. And so this is happening again, and it'll only be a matter of time, uh, I, I think, before either these governments are toppled or else war is going to take effect. Right. And, and let's remember that during Nazi Germany, there were many Christians that were hiding the Jews or were openly speaking against this this persecution of the Jews, too, and were thrown into jail for, for something like that, like, uh, what was it, Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Yes. Yes, but then there were a lot of pastors who didn't want to go against Hitler. They had this idea that, well, if he's the head of the government, we shouldn't be speaking out against him. And if we speak out against him, then fewer people want to become a Christian when we are against him. So it's a good idea not to speak out against individuals like this. And we're seeing this also happening in the United States where corrupt governmental officials are not spoken out against by the church many a time because the pastors are afraid to lose their members. Lose their members or lose some kind of standing in the community. Yep, yep. And that's more important than being honest to Jesus Christ. I and I think it's a... I think that's a good reason that we bring bring up this this list because it shows to us what happens when when we remain quiet and we allow the, yep. this to continue. I was surprised at the third country, and that was Somalia in Africa. Yes, and it's been a haven for Islamic militants who constantly target Christians. Uh, groups like Al-Shabaab operate with little pushback and comfort and control large parts of Somalia territory. And the small number of believers in Somalia are largely Christians who have converted from Islam and they're viewed as high-valued targets by Al-Shabaab. So that's happening in that country. Well, it isn't only Al-Shabaab, but uh, they are uh, pressured by their family that any conversion from Muslim is betrayal to family. And so that leads to a, a submission, suspicion of conversion that can lead to harassment, intimidation, and even murder. Yes. So while no part of Somalia is safe, the worst areas are those under control 
of these militant Islams. But all Christians who have converted from Islam are therefore in grave danger from their family, their community, and society at large. What was the fourth and country? Libya. Uh, I was surprised to see Libya made the top four because it leaves Islam to follow Christ. They face immense pressure from their families to renounce them and neighbors and and rest of of the community ostracizes them and they can be left homeless, jobless, and alone. If a Libyan Christian shares his faith or her faith with someone else, they're likely to be reported, arrested, and perhaps face violent punishment. So the government has no central government, so laws are not enforced uniformly leaving Christians in danger of overt and public persecution. Targeted kidnappings and executions are always a possibility for believers. The only way to be a safe Christian in Libya is to leave a secret life of faith. Now, we found that in Russia, that Christians in Russia during the communist regime they would often have their closets set up as little churches and worship there secretly because, of course, they would be under the same kind of danger if what they were doing became known. You know whose uh, homeland Libya was? Well, many people. Arius. Yeah. Well, how about Arius uh, that... Uh, they had the rise of Aryan belief. Uh, and what did they uh, believe? Well, that Jesus wasn't fully God, that he was uh, partially... He wasn't even halfway God. He uh, was yeah. part of creation. Right. And so they denied mm-hmm. his divinity. And fortunately, Athanasius and others spoke strongly against that. And our creeds make it very clear, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed, they indicate that Jesus is truly God on the basis of many passages in the Bible. Well said, and it's a reminder to us of the need to always get the gospel out there that we're, what, one generation away from unbelief if we don't take the time to to teach our children and to pass on the faith to, to, to our communities. Well, even in the United States, there's people talking about that churches should not exist if they don't marry people of the same gender or if they still continue to be against abortion and such. And so even here in the United States and in particular states, there's a lot of persecution against Christians and people get fired from their jobs when they speak out against homosexuality, etc. So at this point, nobody's being put to death so much like in these other countries. These other countries actually are killing Christians. Right. And again, it's a reminder to, to, to us to, to speak out in our country and talk to our uh government representatives to 
not to pass these kind of laws that strip Christianity from from our webs uh, from our sites, but uh, that we have a, a free preaching of the gospel out there. As one man said in Yemen, he's talking about why he's a Christian. He said, Jesus is like oxygen because without oxygen, you cannot breathe. And that's exactly what the book of Proverbs teaches, that Jesus, as the wisdom of God, it's impossible to have a full life apart from Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, I talked to uh, years ago a Lithuanian uh, wife of a pastor, and uh-huh. she she talks about the first time that she came to faith, and she said it was like opening up a enclosed room and opening up to the outside, and a breath of fresh air coming in. Yep. All right. What's the next country where? People have to live out their faith in secret because conversion to Christianity is forbidden. That is Yemen, and Yemen is just south of uh, Saudi Arabia as a country. Yes, and you have to recant your faith in Jesus. If people believe that you're a Christian, you can be arrested, interrogated for your faith, and face threats from both family and Islamic extremists who threaten apostates with death. So Yemen is another home to one of the greatest humanitarian crises in the world. But they're also vulnerable since emergency relief is mostly distributed through local Muslim leaders and mosques. And so with this disease going around the world, a lot of times Christians are discriminated against it. And if they're not considered to be a devout Muslim, they won't get help from the authorities. You know, and that that is interesting because in a Christian society, somewhat of, of our nation, we would never think about withholding aid to to uh, somebody of a different faith or no faith at all, that we, we would offer them food, shelter, and medicine. Yeah, we both have close relatives who are nurses, maybe knowing doctors. And can you imagine before a nurse, you come to the hospital, you have a broken arm, and she asks you, well, are you a Christian or not? No, yeah, that's just not a question that's asked. They immediately help with the broken arm, even if you got the broken arm when you were robbing a bank. Right. So the, the help is always there. It, it, it's back to this thing in the Quran. If you're an infidel, if you're not a believer in Allah and the Muslim faith. Now, the next country has been likened to Africa's North Korea. And what is that country? Eritrea. Yes, Eritrea. And uh, where is that located? Well, I know it's in Africa, but I'm not sure where in Africa it's at. Right. Very good. 
and it's con- they continue to suffer extreme persecution, making it one of the hardest places in the world to follow Jesus. The government recognizes only three Christian denominations, Orthodox, Catholic, and Lutheran. And if you are not part of these groups, you are at risk of severe persecution at the hands of the state. Gatherings are raided, believers arrested. And it's really inhumane, the conditions that Christians go through in prison if they are not Orthodox, Catholic, and Lutheran. I didn't realize that Lutheran was one of the protected classes. Yeah, I didn't either. It makes you wonder, you know, as we go through these persecutions, are they part of the martyrs that are mentioned in in Revelation? Well, they would be. And when do we meet them each Sunday? Uh, in our worship service. Specifically. Well, communion, angel and right. archangels and all company, of, company heaven. of heaven. Exactly. So, um, Mm. even in Eritrea, where Lutherans, Catholics, and Orthodox are recognized, they're still vulnerable to everyday surveillance imposed by the state. Phone calls are monitored, and a network of citizens are tasked with spying on their neighbors. And... it's interesting as we go through the, you're you're persecuted, you're subject to arrest, you're subject to beatings, you're subject to to even death for doing nothing other than believing in Jesus. Yep. What is the country that's considered the most violent country for Christians? It's number seven. Oh, Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it talks about it here. You know, the the Boko Haram. Yes. Uh, wanted want to eliminate Christian presence in Nigeria, and especially in northern Nigeria, where they're coming into Christian villages and and killing the the Christians and and uh, kidnapping the women. Yes, and Christians in some of those northern states also live under Sharia law, where they face discrimination and treatment as second-class citizens. So because of the violence, thousands of Christians are forced to live in formal or informal camps for internally displaced people. That's what they call them. And continues, contributes to the vulnerability because people who have lost their home or loved ones are now refugees. All right, what's number eight? Pakistan. Uh, the Pakistan the Christians are considered second-class citizens and are discriminated against in every aspect of life. You know, the church leaders can be ar- arrested if they don't abide by the authorities' wishes. Uh, these arrests act as warnings to the Christian minority and intimidates them. Yes, and the COVID-19 crisis 
led to an increase of aid being denied to Christian day laborers. So there was an epidemic of kidnappings, forced marriages, and forced conversion of Christian girls and women to Islam that continues to take place in Pakistan. Then we get to the place where converts are raided, arrested, and threatened, and what country is that? We're back on Pakistan. No, no, let's go on. We're almost out of time. Oh, okay. Uh, That's all right. Iran. Yes. And converts from Islam to Christianity are those most at risk of persecution. And that's also done by the government, not just by extremists. So Iran becomes number nine. And then number 10, of course, is India, uh, a targeting of Christians. And there's been a lot uh, written in the news about Christian pastors being attacked and, and churches being burnt. And there, though, it's not Muslim, it's Hindu extremists. Hindu. They aim to cleanse the country of Christian presence and influence. And this leads to a systematic and violent and carefully orchestrated targeting of Christians and other religious minorities, including use of social media to spread disinformation and stir up hatred. Yeah, as we've gone through these, I came up with the, what I call a top three. One is religious, which is Islam, Muslim, uh, Buddhist, Hindu. Number two is dictatorships, communists. And number three is organized crime in countries where they, they attack Christians. And as a reminder of these things going on, that we need to to pray for them and and help them, as well as in the United States, uh, preach the gospel. And a lot of Christians go to church every Sunday and don't realize what a blessing that is from God, where you can go to church and nobody's going to arrest you for going to church you still will be looked down upon by many in the country who don't believe in the Bible, but it's still short of being kidnapped, murdered, etc. Exactly. All right, thanks so very much. A good article, I was unaware of 10 countries. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we'll be talking about a subject to, to your interest. God bless you. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.